question to get us started. Oh, real quick, let's just uh, so we we hit the record button on this on our side of here just um for just so we can touch base on it. Yeah, um, cool. I, I just hit record on mine. Well, AD, I think you had a you had a question to to kick us off here. Oh yeah, yeah. my question it has nothing to do with photography <laughs> because that's how I roll. Um, do you know? Do you guys both do you know what the cooties are? The cooties. The cooties. Cooties. You know what cooties? Cooties, like when you're a little kid and someone's got the cooties. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What What is your understanding of the cooties? <laughs> what What are the cooties? I've never been, I've never heard them referred to as the cooties. Like oh, like cooties. it's a it's almost like a proper thing. It's like cooties is like the thing. I just remember like. Yeah, it's like the thing where you're scared. It's like where little kids like chase each other around because they're like, oh, cooties, like I can't touch a girl. Like, ah. Yeah, exactly. You get the thing. It's like this illness that you get. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting that no matter where you're from, everyone knows what the cooties are. Like you were homeschooled (laughs) and you know what the cooties are. Where did you learn about the cooties? From other kids. From another kid. Yeah. But all the kids everywhere know the cooties are there i don't think my parent my parents never told me about the cooties is there mm-hmm. a, is, is there a parent like benj you have you have kids right yeah i have a a, a kid a three-year-old yeah a kid mm-hmm. did would you tell your three-year-old about the cooties like nah i mean feel like no i don't think so i think i'm trying to encourage him to like hang, hang out hang out with girls and deal with whatever <laughs> whatever play date we've like set up <laughs> Yeah, socialize like a normal child. I yeah. wouldn't tell Hunter about cooties. You I think wouldn't it's tell him? Outdated, no. Yeah. But I, I, outdated, but everyone still probably knows. You don't think? I think kids still know. About I think the kids probably still know. I yeah. guess yeah. I shouldn't assume that they know. I just think it's funny that wherever any anyone's from in America. Well, why are you thinking about this? Yeah, I was just <laughs> no. I think I was listening to that NPR. No, uh, I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about um, quicksand. And how quicksand is this very, uh, for when we were growing up, everyone knew about quicksand. It was a problem. Yeah. You would go to the sandbox and you would be afraid of falling into quicksand. I'm, I'm still afraid of quicksand. Well, you should, should be. Yeah. Should I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and what they were talking about in the movies or in the, in the episode was that, uh, nowadays, if you talk to like third graders, they're not afraid of quicksand mm-hmm. and they related it back to the fact that uh, we don't have a lot of quicksand in movies. It's not very prevalent for some reason. It's not a sellable idea in movies. But then, but I just kind of stopped with the idea is that oh, everyone everywhere for a while were afraid. It was afraid of quicksand, which it doesn't. I, even, I don't even think quicksand is real. Like, is quicksand? Real? I think it is real. You think it's real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're in some <laughs> rainforest somewhere. Yeah. Like, but yeah, really? when are you going to come across quicksand in Colorado or Seattle or? Right, normal yeah. places that we hang out probably probably 30 percent chance of encountering it in the wild <laughs> but uh, well i watched i remember watching a jungle book as yeah, a kid yeah, and yeah, in the jungle book that villain guy got sucked into the quicksand right or someone did and then they pulled him out maybe or maybe it was a good guy but it, it, that that's a freaked me out i was like man i can't step in any sand because mm-hmm. there's a good chance i'm gonna die yeah 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 no i i'm afraid of quicksand to a certain extent but i think i'm more afraid of cooties, I think that is more probable. You're still, still afraid? afraid of I, yeah, I think I still have the cooties. That's why. <laughs> that's why you're. Uh, you're the still, one that's passing still them on. Single. Yeah, no, that's not why I'm still. <laughs> Leave me alone! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I just always think it's it's really interesting where these there are these little ideas that everyone has across, 
you know, space, but they're just, it's kind of a random, like the cooties, it's so random to me, but I've never spoken to anyone that doesn't know what they are. Like everyone's like, yeah, I, I had them when I was two, you know, like, <laughs> but I got rid of them. But anyway, it's just a random thought. That is a random thought. I appreciate you sharing your uh, thoughts with us, idea. Well, that's what the podcast is for, okay? It's uh, for my well, random so, thoughts. No, seriously, though, this is actually a legit question uh, based off of that question. <laughs> you're saying my question was legit? Your question was not legitimate. This is it a was legit a legitimate question. question. No, so you talked about quicksand in movies. Yeah. Do, what is the, like, how is culture shaped by pop culture in general? Like, how is culture impacted and the things that we fear are the things that we perceive based on what we see on the screen? That only sounds legit. Is that actually... No, okay. It's a, it's a nice question. Yeah. No, because think about, like, the, the Jungle Book and the quicksand thing. Yeah. No, yeah. it was... Around that time, it was very prevalent to have, not just in Jungle Book, but in a whole bunch yeah. of other movies, quicksand other movies was a main, like, dilemma that people had to, to, come, to come across. And they were like, oh, no, they had to get over this quicksand but now it's like it's not as sellable to have quicksand as as sort of this thing that comes up and be like what quicksand yeah. that's weird you know which so what is what is the quicksand of today hmm. what what is what do we fear in, in normal main level society uh honestly this isn't wow this is gonna go are deep, you gonna answer I, your own question i am gonna answer my own question because yeah, this is the, like i the think the it's Levi podcast, i think <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming to the Levi podcast <laughs> No, I think what we what we fear now is terrorism, yeah, and especially uh, from Islamic countries. I think we have a lot of like hype hype movies about that showcase like things like The Hurt Locker or whatever the one with um, John Krasinski that and about Benghazi. What's it? Uh, Thirteen Hours, or whatever it is. Like even if they're based on on some you know stories that have some truth in there. There's a lot of these like mainstreaming of uh, yeah. No, no, I don't know. What do you think, Bench? I feel like we're having a conversation <laughs> here on our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the interesting thing is the the idea of quicksand and starting with the the cooties thing um, is that like what are kids like? What's like what's a six year old like scared of right now? Yeah, um, yeah. Because those are all things that I don't I don't know if like a six year old or like my three year old or whatever is going to be thinking like oh no as long as terrorism or <laughs> <laughs> anything like that because right. you're kind of like bringing the people that were worried about quicksand and now what are we now worried about now? Yeah. But um, the idea of it being sellable in culture or whatever, I think the quicksand thing, the idea behind it too, was that it was one of those things that like is something that is an issue for some people somewhere, but it was almost like an exotic concept um, that kids could be like, oh my gosh, quicksand, like this is a crazy thing um, that, you know, n no one in like urban America would ever end up actually dealing with. Um, but yeah, I don't, I have no idea what like a kid would be worried about now too. Like what are, what's something that movies are pushing or scaring kids to do or not do yeah. or whatever now, you know? Yeah. Besides like cyber stuff, I feel like maybe kids, uh, I can't speak for a six year old, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would, I, I think the, the main fear is like cyber attacks or something, or, I mean, I also just read a book about cyber attacks. I don't recommend it. So I'm just going to move on <laughs> from that. But, uh, that's like a big deal. Like, it's like, no, there's a lot of, there's a whole unknown in that world. Um, that is kind of scary. It's not like, it's not like scar from Lion King. It's not something relatable. It's something yeah. like. It's other because that an, whole think, universe is open. I think what's interesting about that is it is the, the this unknown. Like for example, quicksand yeah. looks like normal sand. No, except that it's wet. Okay, right. <laughs> I mean, I in, in real general. life maybe, but I, I don't know. Like I I remember 
just referencing the Jungle Book, it looks like normal looking sand. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. It looks like sand, and then you walk on it, and you're like, oh so like, no. You, you can't yeah. know it. And I think the thing with the cybersecurity also is that same thing. It's like you don't really know what you what's going to happen with that. Things right. like climate change, you don't know. You don't know what to expect. Hacking, you don't know if you're, what hacking is going to look like for you, or if you will be or what a cyber. You're looking at me. Like, what kind of cyber crimes would uh, a yeah? It's the unknown. That's what. I'm yeah, it's very be. unknown. It's uh, it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That that is interesting. Oh, actually, another one. Uh, Princess Bride. That didn't that have uh, a quicksand. Who died in quicksand? And it wasn't Bride. died in quicksand. Didn't he get pulled into the um, that like mud pit quicksand thing in the forest? Oh, I think <laughs> you're he had to pull right. himself out. Say again. He had to pull himself out of the. The best oh, part about she, she she fell in and he dove into the like the the swamp thingy. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because yeah. he had one. But it's of very the, quicksand. Yeah. It's a like mud kind of stuff. Yeah. Pulls out of the mud. Yeah. Uh, the more we uh, talk about favorite. this, the more I'm thinking like, what do I know about quicksand? If I was ever in quicksand, <laughs> like, what do I do? You you do the opposite, right? Like you put your arms out and like try not to move and hopefully people. Yeah. I think that's right. Because I'm going like, yeah. okay, now what if I did get in quicksand? Uh oh, I need to figure this out. <laughs> Yeah, I think you just like, you kind of just spread your whole body out and you try, yeah, you're right. You try not to move and you just wait, you know, for someone to come by. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's very terrifying. Yeah, I hope that never happens to any of us. Uh, so okay. Anyways, Ben, Whoa. what's what's good? What's been going on in your life, man? Dude, what's, okay. Uh, one one thing real quick to add to the quicksand <laughs> thing because this just blew my mind. It said because I was like, oh, just you just like wait for someone to ask <laughs> like to help you out. So this article yeah. that I'm reading says, asking someone to pull you out could easily lead to injury or someone else becoming stuck, as it is estimated <laughs> that the force to nece- uh, the force necessary to pull a foot of quicksand, a uh, foot out of quicksand, is the same thing as lifting a medium-sized car. Oh what? Gosh. What? Then how do you that get out? Be... Are, are you, is this real? What? It, that's that's <laughs> what happens with quicksand. Like according to the Science Explorer. Yes. Hey, I trust this that is website. way more frightening than I thought it would be. Yeah. Plot twist: quicksand is actually terrifying. We should be more scared of it. <laughs> we didn't have it in enough movies. I'm glad we brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think it's real. Okay. I, I remember uh, oh when we were gosh. a kid, our pastor giving this illustration about this girl that got second quicksand and it was supposed to be a true story mm-hmm. but they like tried to like pull her out with like a um like a like a helicopter like because she was stuck <laughs> and oh it's like and like and they could not pull her out of the they couldn't pull yeah, her out of the quicksand died. wait oh, what? what yeah great story That's what was the, the moral of that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> what don't did go the pastor say the pastor the was like and then she died so moral of the story I, is don't get stuck in quicksand i don't remember <laughs> what the moral of the story was i just remember that i uh <laughs> It compounded your fear of quicksand. It compounded my fear of quicksand. Oh and the takeaway, 20 years later, is that quicksand is still very scary. So that is horrible. His, whatever like, his lesson was from that sermon, it was my lesson I took away was quicksand, it'll mess you up. I Yikes. don't know. I don't know about that. You're saying there's a little girl <laughs> stuck in some quicksand no, no, and they try like, to helicopter her out. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was a woman, but yeah, not a little oh, girl. Oh, a woman. Yeah. They tried to helicopter her out with like a rope. She held. She could yeah. grab the rope. Yeah. And then the helicopter couldn't pull her out yeah. of the quicksand. Yeah. Like dislocated her. Like her yeah. arms. Just Bro, what? There's got to be like horrendous. some MythBusters on this or something. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be a MythBusters that I believe MythBusters. Oh, oh yeah, they Goodness had yep. quicksand. Oh, they did. Season three, episode six. 
Apparently. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, take a break and watch this, <laughs> and we'll come right back to we'll you guys with minutes. actual info. Uh, ben, tell us what's, what's good in your life, man. What's been going on? What are uh, You're still shooting weddings. You're mm-hmm. out in Seattle. It's been, sounds like it's been a busy year for you. You've been traveling a bit. Tell us about what's happening in your world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, it's sort of the crazy time in my wedding season um, where at least, I don't know, most of the country, for whatever reason, once summer's kind of over and kids are back in school and the weather's still nice and stuff like that, um, that is like my busiest time of year. I have like an engagement session today. I'm flying out for another wedding on Friday. Um, All of my weddings this month are out of state, so that's a little bit crazy too. but yeah, that's just uh, what's going on. I am towards like you know three quarters of the way through my wedding season, which is great. Um, yeah. How many weddings are you shooting this year? Yeah, so I am. I tried to cap it at like under twenty, and I think I ended up at like twenty-two because I'm just bad at saying no to things. Yeah. Um, when uh, you you know you try to make these like caps and and do these things for your own like mental health and all that stuff, but then like something comes up and you're like, oh, that'd be great. Also, it's good money, and it probably is not going to be stressful. Like, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. I'll totally do that. Um, and then I I'm a person that overextends myself, but um, yeah. So I'm doing 22, which honestly isn't that much. Um, there was a time where I was doing like 40. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I was there was one year that I did forty, and I traveled for twenty two of them. So holy um, smokes! This <laughs> this being uh, something that is a little bit more um, than I was anticipating or, or wanting is still a drastic, huge pullback from um, you know where I've been in the past and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm in like my thirties now. I have a kid. Um, we moved out of Seattle proper into a city called Tacoma, so that. Um, we could be closer to family, own a house, all that kind of stuff. So um, the nice part about that, too, is you don't have to make as much money as you do to live in <laughs> Seattle. So, um, yeah, the idea for me right now is kind of pull back, um, try to make the same amount of money every year and just work a little bit less. It's kind of yeah. like my weird old man goals for <laughs> right now. Dude, okay. I mean, this is gonna be a personal question, but yeah. this is a Black Light podcast. Yeah, are you, sure. uh, We talk about this stuff. Are you making as much money now at twenty-two weddings as when you were when you were shooting forty? Yeah, I think I'm making as much, or possibly like a, a little bit more. Awesome. Um, yeah, because I mean, when I was shooting forty weddings, I was doing them all at around half as what I'm charging now. Yeah. Um, I was probably making a little bit more, but luckily I have uh, a couple of things. I teach a lot um, at conferences and, and workshops and stuff like that, and then I you know, sell presets and a couple of other things that are kind of helping, um, yeah, with not forcing myself to shoot 40 weddings anymore. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I mean, that was probably five, six years ago, and I'm probably making a little bit more now than I was when I was hustling like crazy and um, yeah. going nuts. Dude, that's amazing. I, f- I feel like that's... I, I think it just gives should hopefully give hope to people because I think a lot of people that's their fear is that they they just do this, they do this for a long time and then and then nothing ever they don't ever like build a business that's sustainable enough to be uh, kind of held up and propped up by their efforts so that's pretty amazing totally guys yeah, this is this is all though. well and good guys I'm reading about quicksand <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> uh, and uh, I love hearing this photography talk but. Just, just for the readers, the listeners out there, <laughs> um, yeah. you should definitely lay on your back and extend your arms out. Quicksand is real. 
there is a, a, a study out there saying that maybe it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like maybe you can't really get sucked under, but I would still be just be cautious. Okay, now I'm ready to talk about real stuff. I just I had to go. So down the this. the consensus is it's not as it's not as intense as it's probably made out in the movies. It could still hurt you. But if you get try uh, to get pulled out with a helicopter, it won't be able to pull you out and you'll die. So it's yeah, not that intense, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> I do love that you uh, you were very captivated by the quicksand. Yeah, I didn't. I always just thought it wasn't real. But anyway, um, Ben. I, I just want to jump into s- some things, man. Tell me, what are you, what kind of struggles now that you're you're at twenty two weddings? What are some mm-hmm. of the things underneath the surface that people might not know about in the wedding industry or just creativity that you uh, that you think about, or some things that you they're like, oh man, people might want to know about this, or people might you know be struggling with this as well. Is something you've overcome? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of questions, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a ton of stuff. Um, I think. Uh, there's there's something so something that's been sort of on my mind lately and uh, a friend of mine's like putting out a book on it and stuff like that too um, is this idea that I've just seen so many people kind of start in this industry and then burn out super super quick Um, Mm -hmm. and I so I've been shooting weddings since 2007 so that's 12 12 years right Um, maybe 13 something like that Um, but yeah, it's just been a long, lot, you know, long time, and I've been doing it pretty much full time for at least ten of those years. Um, and I feel like a lot of the people that I sort of started with, a lot of them, you know, I see a, a few every year, kind of like quitting, and then I also see a lot of people that have kind of started, um, and then have completely just dropped off. And so the idea of like longevity, and um, sustainability, and all that kind of stuff are just you know, things that are on my mind, which is one of the reasons why I'm shooting half as many weddings that, as I was, you know, when I was at my peak. Um, but then also just going, yeah, how, how much of this hustle is worth it and how much of it is like actually detrimental? Um, because someone like me, um, I'm, I think you guys did a podcast on it one, at one time, but like I'm an Enneagram three, like with a heavy four wing thing. So like that means that I'm just like super driven, super goal oriented. Um, I, have lots of energy to accomplish tasks and that's like sort of what can fulfill me in a way um, mm-hmm. or what I think will fulfill me at least. And so I can definitely be a workaholic and my thing is the opposite of some people where some people need someone to light a fire under their butt to like get them to hustle a bunch. And my thing is more, I need people to rein me in and go like, Hey, you should probably like spend less time doing all these things and um, right. starting all these endeavors and, and all that stuff. Um, and so for me, yeah, like a big thing is trying to figure out, okay, what's like a good, like healthy life balance to these things. And, um, yeah, I think my, my thing about being a photographer and being in this business and all that stuff is I could probably naturally sustain this thing on my own, but my mental health and everything like that would just plummet and deteriorate until I just got so burned out that I was probably an adrenal failure <laughs> failure or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Um, what do you mean that you could sustain it on your own? But if you did that, you would, yeah. What, what yeah, do you mean yeah. By So that? like, I mean, my natural proclivity or whatever would be to like, just continue to accomplish things and, uh, sort of like run myself into the ground, I guess. Um, sure. Okay. By yeah. like, I mean, that's like why at, at a time, uh, you know, if, if we're getting honest and everything like that, the years that I was shooting, 40 weddings, which isn't even that much to some people. Some people do it a ton like that too. Um, 
but I was shooting like 40 weddings and I was traveling for 22 of them. Um, doing all the things that essentially the industry says is like, hey, this is, you're going to be successful. This is when I was like gaining Instagram followers like crazy, um, you know, first getting asked to speak at conferences, all the stuff that like, you know, getting magazine features, all this stuff. Um, and that was probably like one of the lowest points in my entire life <laughs> mm -hmm. because it was one of those things where like I'm hitting all these like accolades and not like checking these things off these lists of like what it means essentially to this industry and stuff like that to be successful. But um, I remember I was at some destination wedding somewhere in you know Italy or somewhere, and I remember just sitting at a bus a bus stop, um, you know, just going like, "Is this my life? Like, this is what I thought was what would be amazing and what would be awesome." And I was just feeling so I don't know broken and terrible, being like, "So I'm experiencing all these amazing things by myself." And essentially, I was like living vicariously through my clients. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm going to these weddings, I'm going to all these cool places, but I'm always by myself. Um, and then I'm like celebrating with all these people and like I'm feeding off their energy. But then as soon as that's gone, I come back home and my wife and I are just working a ton. And then I'm realizing like, oh, cool. So I'm not actually having those parties and those experiences with my own friends and family. I'm, yeah, just living vicariously through other people's celebrations and experiences. And so, yeah, it was actually like a really like, I don't know, not like a dark time, but like definitely one of those times where I was like, man, I need to like reevaluate things because yeah, so much of my life feels really empty with all this stuff. That's yeah. so, it's so interesting because Levi and I, we talked about this, um, just like the idea of, uh, being at all of these weddings, but it being separate from our personal right. lives. Yeah, totally. But we never really talked about it in the sense of like, it's not even real. Like I'm not mm -hmm. the one celebrating. I didn't even think about it that way. Like, you know, that's, it's their wedding and they're happy. And I do feed off of it for a while while I'm there. And I think that it's happy and I'm happy, but, uh, it's interesting hearing you say that you realize that that's not, that's not real happiness. It's not your friends. It's mm -hmm. not you celebrating. Um, so do you think this is what, uh, sort of lends itself to people burning out quickly or like, I'm so interested to know why people are even even start why are there so many photographers coming into the the world you know yeah but then they burn out partially because of this like success and as a photographer isn't glamorous maybe or what what do you guys think yeah i mean i think i think it's a, a giant combination of things um some sometimes people are very artistic and their photography work is amazing but they're just terrible business people and then they realize that mm -hmm. You know, their work might be great, but they might be terrible at SEO or business mm. or marketing or <laughs> any sorts of thing like that. Um, and then there's other people that I know that, you know, just get caught up in like the winning awards and getting a lot of likes on Instagram, um, but don't have the sustainability to be like, okay, what's going to push me past that? Like, what's going to actually matter um, beyond that? Or some people are just, too, I think they, they start doing photography, they love doing photography, but they don't necessarily care about weddings, but it's the thing mm -hmm. that they can kind of like make their bread and butter. Um, and then they just get really bitter because the, it's, it could be really easy to get bitter at weddings because sometimes you, you know, don't get treated well and, and whatever. And if you don't have good processes in place to make sure that things are going to work out well for you on those days and stuff like that, um, you don't sure. have a good mindset of, you know, if someone's, you know, if you don't have a lot of empathy and you can't read a room well and all that stuff, then right. uh, I can see how that could be really difficult for you. I know that, you know, lots of people, and I remember like my wife used to be my second shooter um, back when we were dating and early, early on. 
and she just hated going to, going to weddings with me. Um, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, cause she would be with like the bridesmaids, um, and stuff like that, like at first and they would just boss her around and, um, mm. yeah, she just like really, really didn't like it and was always, you know, being told all these different things and it wasn't her thing. Like she didn't care. She wanted me to succeed obviously, but, um, she didn't have like the investment of it being like her company or anything like that. So she was just like, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't have me be your second anymore, please. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's happened Hills and I too. Like I, Hills never really shot, but she would like assist me at weddings. If it was a destination wedding or a travel wedding, I would go out to this wedding and I'd have her like carry bags for me and hand me lenses and stuff. And just cause like, I would be like, I'm already flying out. You should come with me. Yeah. And it got to a point where she's like, I, I just like, I don't want to go. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like, we can go and hang out together. Like, you know, we will be in whatever place. And she's like, people treat me like crap. Yeah. And they're like, they're always about like, Oh, it's Levi's here. But they don't like, they never ask me my name. They don't know anything about me. They like boss me around. Really? She's like, it's not fun. Huh. She's like, I'd rather just like, I'd rather be at home, like reading a book or doing anything else basically than, than being at that wedding. And so what we ended up doing is that she would travel with me for the wedding and then she would we basically planned an act, she planned an activity for herself to do while yeah. I was at the wedding. So she's like, I'm yeah. going to a spa. I'm going to go, I'm going to go downtown. I'm going to read a book. Yeah. But she's like, whatever I'm doing, it's not going to be at the wedding. So yeah. Do you think that it's just because she's the assistant or does he think this is a female thing or, you know, oh, cause I, I mean, I hate talking about, again, we're doing it again when yeah. we talk about something and we don't have a female yeah. perspective. Perfect. We don't have six year olds. Yeah. We don't have females. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but, uh, I just never really uh, heard about that, like, yeah. like not being treated well. Like, I, uh, bridesmaids don't push me around, but is that, you know, like... I think it could be an assistant thing, honestly. I mean, hmm. I'm sure there's got to be an el- a woman element to it, for sure, at some, in some level. But I know in this case particular, I think it's more of just being like, if she's the assistant, it's like, yeah. she's just there to... People just look at her like, oh, you're not actually taking photos, you're just there to, like, you know... Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I, people, people, it's not that people were necessarily mean to her. It's just like she's just like I just like people just don't care, and mm-hmm. um, and so she's like I just never know where to stand or what to do or do it. It's just awkward. You're just sitting around awkwardly. Uh, yeah, really especially if she's anything. not shooting, that yeah. would be awkward. Right. Yeah, I see. So that. Um, it's definitely yeah. like it's from a lot of my female friends and stuff like that. It is definitely a big issue though. Like I have a, a you know some friends that are like husband and wife teams or whatever, and sometimes like the female is actually more of the lead um, mm-hmm. in that, but then everyone's like assuming she's just like the add on. Um, right. And so yeah. I, I, yeah, I just know that like, I know my friend, uh, well, one of my friends, I don't know if I should say who it is and stuff like that has, has talked about like how she's gone into like camera stores before and stuff like that. And just been like completely like talked down to by the person working there and stuff like that. And she's just like, I've been a professional for 10 plus years. I guarantee you I've shot way more photos than you. Like know more about yeah. photography than you like stop talking down to me because I'm a woman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's that's frustrating. Suck. Also, there is like, I mean, I I I know that that is real, but a lot of camera store guys are just kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they just have this little chip on their shoulder because they <laughs> they know about every camera system, and they're just like, yes, I'm gonna educate every. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I, um, I can't wait to have. Uh, a female on the pod next week. We're going to do it so we can talk about this. Cause I want to hear okay. yeah. like their perspective. Yeah. Okay. For real. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, so what you said for you, what you're doing to not get burnout is, uh, you're shooting less weddings. Um, and what, what other things, or did you even notice a point besides what you mentioned earlier? Like where you were like, Oh no, like something's wrong <laughs> or, yeah. Um, need, yeah. I think I've had, uh, definitely got a few of those sort of like, 
aha moments or whatever. Um, it was more less aha, more oh no. Um, and just going <laughs> like, man, if I'm doing this at this pace and stuff like that. Um, and I think a big a big thing is like there with weddings, like nothing's ever gonna go perfect. Even like my favorite weddings in the world, like other things have gone wrong. There could be times where I could stress out or whatever. Um, and it's, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy and stuff like that, but it's, it's sort of been a big perspective shift of going like, okay, how can I like empathize? How can I think deeper than the surface level, like what's going on here and try to figure out like, what are the reasons why someone's either stressed out or whatever? Um, and yeah, just trying to think of like people and things like that, um, as the most important thing. I was like meeting with a client yesterday, last night for a potential wedding next year. And I was just talking about, man, like, I would rather have five minutes of portraits with you guys in a really good mood and, like, really excited than have an hour of portraits with you guys, like, a little bit on edge. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I feel like I'm trying to do is just, like, let my clients have the best time possible. And in that, like, mm. I'll get better photos. But, um, yeah, the idea for me is just, like, I can't go into any wedding thinking like, oh, this is going to be my portfolio or this, oh, this is not going to be portfolio for me or, um, yeah, I've definitely just been in situations and kind of that in that time frame when I was trying to book a lot of weddings and stuff like that, I was in this place where, yeah, I was like trying to make a name for myself, trying to do all this stuff. And then my natural inclination at times would be, I'd show up to a wedding and be like, oh, this isn't portfolio. And so... Um, Mm. at times, Mm. like as, as bad as it is, I would try to like, I wouldn't try to, but my natural inclination would be to sort of like mail it in because I knew that my, the floor of my talent was good enough to like sustain me through whatever this client needed instead of being like, no, 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 I'm going to use whatever talent and whatever experience I have to like push myself beyond that and give them the best thing possible. Um, and I definitely had times where I would like be in an annoying situation or something like that and like just have to step outside the room and just tell myself like, no, 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 these people matter. Like this is their wedding day. This is incredibly important to them and kind of like slap myself out of whatever funk I was getting myself into um, and making things like that about me. Um, Hmm. Yeah, because the more that I can think of, like I try to like when I'm going to a wedding and when I'm showing up, I'm just like telling myself like this is the coolest wedding I've ever shot. Like just telling myself that even if things aren't styled well or things aren't going well or whatever, like I have to think of this as like their dream wedding. And so I have to photograph it as if it's my dream wedding because it's the wedding that they're going to have. Right. Um, Mm. and so I've definitely been in, yeah, times in my life and stuff like that where I'm especially early on, like if I didn't think the details were cool, like sometimes I just wouldn't even photograph them Um, (laughs) because I was like, oh, this like does not match. Like, and so especially early on, I would just like go around and just photograph whatever I thought was cool and not photograph things I didn't think were cool. Um, But then, you know, I've had just big shifts when, when I got married, I realized that a lot of the things that I wasn't photographing or wasn't paying attention to, like are things that people spend a lot of time on. Um, Right. And then especially when uh, my wife got pregnant with our son and I started thinking of like, man, like what's, what do I need to do to set up my life to make more sense? And, um, kind of like, what's the legacy that I'm leaving behind in my work? Um, what are the things that I want to be like my legacy for people and what I want people to think of me of? And I, I don't want that to be that I was featured in X amount of magazines or, Um, I had X amount of followers or this photo got X amount of likes or something silly like that. Like I want people's 
photos to be something that in 50 years they're like, oh my gosh, like this, we don't, they'll probably not remember who I was, but that, you know, those photos or whatever will be really, really meaningful and impactful. And oftentimes those photos aren't necessarily what the industry tells you you should be focusing on. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was like kind of a big shift in my brain, um, which has also helped me to just go like, man, all that stuff that is really meaningful and impactful and all that stuff is like present at every single wedding, um, mm -hmm. regardless if like the location or the dress or whatever the heck is going to be like the coolest thing that's ever hit Pinterest or Green Wedding Shoes or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the idea of like the mountains in the moments, like or yeah, yeah. You know, I just made that up. Did you like that, Levi? I like that. That's yeah, nice. you can use it on your next. Uh, <laughs> next. My Instagram post. My yeah, like Instagram post. post. Yeah, mm. look at the mountains in this moment. Ooh, oh I like that. Uh, Adonia Jaja, thank you. Anyway, um, I like the idea of like trying to find out what is you know so sweet about I don't know a, a couple's rings or whatever it is that's important to them and then using you know i think that's what we do as photographers that's what makes us unique is that we can use our skill as an artist to show off the thing or you know whatever the if it's just a moment or the dress we get to use our skill to accent what it is that we think is the mountain in that thing you know, the mountain in the dress. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. here it is. Because I, I love, someone was saying how uh, mountains are anomalies. It's just like a, it, you know, if I talk to my brothers on the East Coast, they don't see mountains every day like mm -hmm. I do in Denver. So if I just post a picture of a mountain, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, where are you? That's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and so trying to figure out how to express, yeah. like there's something else going on in this photograph that, you know, it, it, it might be simple to the everyday eye, but when I photograph it, you see the mountain in it. Uh, and so yeah. uh, I love that that's what you're, that's what I'm hearing you say is that you, you, you've changed from just shooting the cool thing and the awesome thing, which is still great and awesome and we should still shoot it, but you're finding the awesomeness uh, inside everything, right? Yes. Finding yeah. the awesome within. Awesome. Yeah. The yeah. awesomeness yeah. within. I yeah. don't like that as New good as um, in the movie. Yeah. Hey, Benjamin, I have a question for yeah. you, man. I, um, okay. So I, I think a lot of people who are listening, if they're familiar with you, probably know that you, uh, are a Christian or identify as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, but, and so we, we want to talk about faith briefly here, but what I do want to, what I'm really just curious to hear your thoughts on is like, I feel like, um, for better or for worse <laughs> for the past like five or six years, um, especially I think when you were like catching more, like more notoriety on Instagram and things like that, you were kind of known as like the Christian photographer, hmm. um, like the, this like iconic bastion of faith inside of the <laughs> photographer community. Do, do you feel like that's like a, maybe a fair, a, somewhat of a fair assessment? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I definitely like, I've always included like sort of my priorities and stuff like that inside all of my posts or not my posts but like my profiles so I always put like you know that like I'm married to my wife Maddie and I love Jesus and, and stuff like that um, but I don't know if I've ever felt like I was like some ambassador in that way or anything like that um, for sure for but sure. I have like done uh, like I started like a, a hash like a this week at church hashtag and um, it was one of those things where I was just trying to be 
yeah, I guess who I am in those in those ways and stuff like that for sure. Totally. I, I never felt any, in any way that you've ever been like this like guy who's been preaching. Uh, I think you've always been very candid about your faith, but sure. have, it's always been like just a part of what you're doing. Now, yeah. uh, the question I'm, I'm getting at though is like, I feel like a lot of people have known that you're a Christian and have kind of like almost looked to you to be this voice for faith for Christians mm. in the wedding industry um, where there's almost been like this, yeah, like, oh, like, what do you do, Benj? I think I even wrote you about some stuff, like, when I, because I, you know, sure. I was also a Christian. Like, I think I, I, I literally just recall that right now. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, I think That's I wrote funny. you a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> Benj is like, that was you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get gosh. direct messages probably at least once a week about, yeah. about like, hey, I'm a Christian. Like, how do you deal with this? Or um, Totally. Yeah, which is so interesting. I guess yeah. The question, I guess, is have, like, how... How do you deal with that kind of pressure <laughs> of being, of having to be like, or not having to be, but like expe- being expected to be like this voice mm. for um, a, a belief that, um, I don't know, I just feel like that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge burden to bear, if I'm honest. Like, that's just a sure. big yeah. Thing, like, um, yeah. Well, until so I'm just curious about that. <laughs> until you started talking about it in this way, I never really thought of it like that. And so okay. <laughs> now I'm like, I guess this is a, should I think of it as a burden? Like, no, man. Uh, man. No, I mean, I, um, I think that was a good way of you kind of saying that, like, I've just tried to speak about just my life in general, like sort of candidly about, yeah, what I believe and stuff like that. And, um, I don't really think that I've ever been one to try to like, you know, slam things over people's heads or anything silly like that. Um, I think that for me, a little bit of, of it is just going like, okay, I see a lot of the just like really, really poor examples of, uh, what it means to follow the teachings of Jesus um, mm-hmm. out there in society and in, in culture and stuff like that. And I would, I think a lot of the people out there that, that claim to believe the same words and uh, the same book that I believe, I, I see as very different and very uh, counter to how I live my life and uh, believe people should be treated and stuff like that. And so I guess in a way I've tried to be like an ambassador of going like, Hey, you can believe the words of Jesus and, and read and, and say what, or believe that what um, he said was true and stuff like that and live a very different life than what, um, I don't know, like mainstream evangelical Christianity looks like to the mass public. Um, And so I guess a little bit of my life has been a little bit of trying to go like, Hey, (laughs) for lack of a better term, like, you can uh, be a Christian and not be an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never really felt like this big pressure or anything like yeah. that. Um, cool. But also yeah, like so, some of my background sort of is that like when I was starting to be a photographer, I was working at a church. Um, and so um, part of that sort of like, you know, lends itself to being, uh, they were sort of like mixed and intertwined. I like, picked up a, a real DSLR for the first time because I was working at this church and doing media stuff. Um, and so a lot of it, especially at the beginning was kind of like hand in hand because I was learning how to do a lot of this stuff while I was like photographing weddings and doing like these projects for this church I was working for. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, a lot of it has just been like part of my journey as a photographer, but also, yeah, just a big part of who I am. And, uh, I don't know, a lot of the ways that like the reasons I, um, kind of have my, the beliefs that I have and the way that I treat people and, um, the way that I try to be at least, um, falls a lot on, yeah, how I'm shaped by my faith and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, th- I think I just like, um, think it's just, uh, 
whatever what i what it seems reminiscent of to me in some ways is like the uh, the christian music scene in a sense where like mm. there were these musicians who were like who like i'm thinking particularly a lot of bands like on like tooth and Nail records mm. back in like oh six oh seven who were there was christians they played music um some people like what really wanted people to fit into this this view like i you have to be this particular way mm-hmm. um and i think you know that and i'm just like i i'm just curious because i i think i grew up in that that music scene in particular yeah and being a christian and growing up in like in where people were like oh like like they asked you know whatever like in berlin or under Earth or whatever <laughs> bands that yeah. were like are you a christian band and if they and it didn't really matter what they they had to like and they wanted the, the bands to f- to fulfill these certain yeah yeah life's life's expectations and stuff like that and i just i was just curious if you ever felt that kind of pressure from like people mm. think, looking at you as like this icon of faith in the in the wedding photography industry and but then they kind of projecting onto you what what they imagine you should um be doing with your faith or what that should look like yeah i'm sure that that i mean that has happened um for sure. Like there was a few years ago where I did, um, an engagement session for like a lesbian couple. Um, and then just posted it like it was normal on my Instagram, like didn't make any thing about it. And then that post blew up. Um, and a lot of people got really angry with me (laughs) and then, uh, and then, so I, like the next day, uh, I, I essentially made a post about like, just like, here's, here's my view of, of this, topic that is like honestly like so the thing that i get the dms the most about is like how hey i'm a christian how do i deal with like gay weddings and stuff like that and so i just made this big post about like hey when i look at the life of jesus and um how he lived his life and all that stuff like he was out there serving the people that um the church and the religious community and stuff like that were like very downtrodden on and and stuff like that and so that's sort of like my view on that is like i'm going to use the thing that i <laughs> know how to do the best to serve this community that, um, especially by mainline Christianity and stuff like that, has been very treated poorly by and, and stuff yeah. like that. And so, um, yeah. And so, I mean, that that thing especially blew up. I think that's maybe one of the only times where I was like, okay, man, a lot of people of this faith persuasion or whatever really do kind of like either look at my stuff critically or whatever. And, uh, I'm definitely are opinionated about what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. It's just actually, I think I remember seeing that post and I think that's kind of like at the back of my mind. I think I was sure curious about it. just more so not so much about the, the, the content or, or just, but just the idea that there are people out there that have elevated you to a pedestal, um, that I, yeah. Yeah. That like <laughs> just doesn't, doesn't seem like it's, uh, a fair place to, to give to put anybody, <laughs> especially sure. someone they may not know personally. Um, I haven't seen the post, but did you did you think about it before you put it on? Like, were you did were you like worried before, or were you just kind of like, oh, didn't even? Um, I mean, it was it was at the at a time where um, I mean, this was probably four or five years ago. Um, I don't know. I maybe it was less than that, but it was definitely a few years ago, maybe three or something like that. And, sure. um, at the time, like I was just getting a lot of, I mean, Instagram was bigger for me, at least at the time I was getting like more interaction and stuff like that because I cared about it more. Um, but I remember at the time, like I had, I photographed this bride that had this big tattoo across her chest and stuff like that. And I had people like writing, Oh, she would be so much more beautiful if she didn't have this tattoo and oh all this gosh. stuff. Oh and my so, like, gosh, really? I was kind of like at the time more used to like banning people. <laughs> well, not banning people. <laughs> What I would do if anybody wrote like a really negative comment like that was I would just direct message them and be like, you know, this is a real person that like has real feelings and 
Like mm -hmm. just because I have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands or whatever of uh, followers and there's thousands of likes on this post doesn't mean that the person in this photo isn't a real person that is going to read these comments and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. And so it was one of those like trying to just go like, okay, the internet like isn't real life, but at the same time, a lot of it is real life. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I think at the time, I think it was probably after that, um, that, you know, I was getting stuff. Um, so I was, after I made that post, essentially I, I spent like the next two days just like direct messaging people and <laughs> <laughs> answering questions like crazy. And, oh my um, gosh. it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but that is crazy. Yeah. Well, dude, that's awesome that you were able to handle that. Uh, so soundly, it sounds both of those situations, you had a good head on your shoulders and you, you're thoughtful. And so I think, even though you might not see yourself as that sort of beacon or leader in that way, I think uh, remaining sound and remaining remaining thoughtful uh, is the strength that uh, a lot of people look up to you either way. And mm -hmm. so yeah. that's beautiful. So I would just say, well done. That's yeah. uh, just hearing the story. It's like, that's awesome. That's yeah. good that, you know, you're standing up for what you believe in. You know what you believe in. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Sure. I'm uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Benj. Like, so you kind of mentioned this this burnout syn syndrome, and like mm. you kind of talked about how you you went through this journey. And I think a lot of people you talked about being ambitious and having a lot of ideas and th things that you're working on, kind of on the side. I think a lot of photographers look at people that have um, success and look, you know, whether they're Instagram followers or you know have been in the industry a long time, and they kind of imagine like, once I get to that point, I will be set. And obviously mm -hmm. what you're telling us yeah. right now is like, hey, you that you're definitely one, you're not set and two, you have to keep working. Like what is um, what kind of advice? So we're kind of like or maybe just even just I'd be curious to hear just from you, like for yourself. What are what are you doing like to keep yourself busy, to like keep uncovering new things um, since it sounds like literally shooting 40 weddings isn't enough to just be like to keep your career going in a healthy love way forever. Like, okay, what, what did you have to do? What did you have to, like stop doing? What did you just start doing? Um, or what are you just experimenting with to discover what else is out there? Yeah. I mean, so I, to get to sort of the root of it is just going like, okay, this, this business and this lifestyle or whatever can be amazing. And like a lot of the, the flexibility and stuff like that, that we have and the opportunity to make way more money or way less money or set your own schedules and, and all that kind of stuff can be super freeing or it can be just as burdensome, if not more so than working mm -hmm. a regular nine to five. Um, and so I was at a point where I was just going like, well, I'm, I'm making way more money than I ever thought I would because I thought I was going to be a pastor work, making like <laughs> $30,000 a year or something like that. Um, and so I was being successful in that way, but I was going like, man, my, my life doesn't actually like line up. i like with what I was hoping for. Like there's not a, as much joy in this as I thought there would be if I mm. hit all these milestones and, and did all these things. And so I started sort of asking myself like, okay, if, uh, you know, the whole, if like money was no object thing, like what would your life look like? Um, and um, I came across this quote that said, uh, how you live your days is how you live your life. And I was like, man. I just mm -hmm. live most of my days by myself in front of a computer or by myself on an airplane or by myself photographing a wedding with people around me who I really deeply care for on that day. And then I probably won't see more than once ever again in my life. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just started going like, man, what are the ways that I can make this into not just like a career that has meaning and fulfillment, but like a life that is worth like pursuing in that way. Um, like what do I, so it was like, what do I want my life to actually look like? And so 
um, yeah, I just started realizing, okay, like, well, if I want my life to look a certain way, I'm going to have to make decisions in my business to make that stuff happen. Um, and so, you know, one of the things was like, well, I can't travel every other weekend <laughs> and be out sure. of town because like, you know, uh, as we've sort of talked about, like my faith was important to me and I was going to church like once a month <laughs> and like not being mm -hmm. able to connect with people in that way. Um, I used to play music and I, you know, didn't get to play music anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of my, basically every event that was going on in my life, whether it was like a friend's party or something like that was like happening on Saturdays. And I would, I went like three or four years without even hanging out with a lot of my friends because mm. I was gone for every single yeah. one of those things. Um, yeah. And so I was just going that, that and, um, being like late twenties, early thirties and going like, huh, I'm gonna have to do this for probably 30 more years if like, <laughs> I'm the normal American uh, not retiring super early or anything like that. Like, is this what I want my life to, to kind of look like? And so I, I started just going like, okay, well, um, you know, so one of the things we did was we moved out of Seattle and we bought a house because we were like, okay, we're gonna be able to be closer to family, have more help with that kind of stuff and have a little bit less expenses so we can put more into retirement and maybe not have to be a, wedding photographer shooting 40 weddings when I'm 65 or whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, and then just trying to think through, okay, like what do, what do I want my life to look like and what am I want my goals to be? And um, so like now I'm still traveling a bunch and all that kind of stuff, but um, you know, I'm like playing music with people at, at my church and having fun with that. And um, a bunch of our, um, a bunch of friends of mine who also own their own businesses and like coffee shops and designers and all that stuff. We all signed up to be on a softball team together, nice. Um, nice. which is awesome. But it was one of those things where like five, like three, five years ago or whatever, that it would just never have been a possibility for me. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to like seek out community and be as much of a normal person as possible. Because I've also realized too that, um, you know, this industry might think and Instagram might think it's really cool if I'm going to Yosemite next weekend or whatever, but the people that I like meet in a coffee shop or whatever, like, cool, that's great. Or like my friends would be like, cool, that's great. But like, it would actually be cooler if you were here and we could hang out. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. and so, yeah, just a lot of my time and stuff like that has been set up and trying to set myself up as like, okay, what's the life I want to lead and how can I make this job actually work towards doing that? So, um, I've been saying it for like a couple of years now, but people have been asking me like, okay, what's your, what's your like Newton, your next like business goal. And my business goal right now is to, have enough time that like when Oslo, my son, who's three right now is old enough to play t-ball or whatever, like I want to be one of his baseball coaches. Um, and so like yeah, as cool. odd as that is, like that's my business goal to like have enough flexibility and stuff like that to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, because no, I love yeah, that. there's yeah. definitely like the burnout was me just going like, cool, I'm hitting all these accolades, I'm hitting all my goals. But um, I have a, a friend that won the Super Bowl when, sorry, Broncos fans, um, <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl, like I, I was, I was photographing yeah. that team that year and stuff like that. And so I became sort of friends with some of those guys. And I remember talking to some of them afterwards and they were like, yeah, the Super Bowl win was awesome for a few days. And then like a couple weeks later, we were like, oh, like I've been literally working my entire life to this pinnacle of sports. And like mm -hmm. we won it. We got the thing and realized it was like completely unfulfilling. And uh, hmm. that was about the same time where I was like doing all this stuff and going like, oh yeah, I'm like, I definitely haven't won the Super Bowl of photography by any Dang. means, but I'm like accomplishing most of my goals and it's also not fulfilling. So hmm. um, yeah, wow. kind of perspective shifts there. Sure. Dang, that is a, that's a bomb to drop, the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. He, it's the Super Bowl letdown moment. The Super Bowl letdown. <laughs> uh, do you think we have some rapid fire questions? And Levi, uh, I didn't tell you that we were going to do this. I, I had plenty of rapid fire questions. I didn't tell myself I was going to do Perfect. this until just now. Well. In fact, <laughs> I only have one question in the chamber. Okay. So, Levi, I hope you can jump I got, in. I got plenty, don't worry. All right. Uh, ben, do you think photography is a young man's game? Ooh. Um, Rapid fire. I mean, yeah. No, it, it, so it could be, um, and it is if you don't set up good long-term plans for sustainability. Okay. What's your favorite band? Oh, favorite band uh, of all time, the Beatles. That sounds so cliche, Whoa. but yeah, grew up on them. And uh, if you've never listened, to, well, you've listened to the Beatles, but listen to Tomorrow Never Knows. And then off of Revolver and think, man, this song could come out today and still be awesome. What is your favorite restaurant in Tacoma? Ooh, favorite restaurant. Uh, we were going to go there yesterday. It's Wooden City. That's like our, our new spot right now. How did you decide on the name Oslo for your son? Yeah, uh, my family has like very Norwegian roots. My grandma was like born and raised there. Um, and that's like the culture that I identified most as most with as a kid. Um, but all of my family names were super weird and and stuff like that And so we wanted something simple, but like that kind of threw back to that and it Got suggested to us and we we're like cool from a design standpoint begins and ends with O is easy Most people have heard of it, but still kind of like fits him and he's blonde hair blue eyes like the most Norwegian looking kid ever so it made awesome. sense What camera system setup will you never sell? Ooh, uh, I have a, a Hasselblad 500CM that was my uncle's um, that he gave to me when I photographed my cousin's wedding, and that thing will be with me forever. What is your least favorite sports team? <laughs> the Patriots, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, where are you traveling to next? Where am I traveling to next? Uh, I'm photographing a wedding in outside of Atlanta this weekend. Oh, awesome. Oh, you yeah. have survived our rapid fire <laughs> question round that we just made up right now. And uh, I feel like that was pretty fun. That's I liked nice. that. All yeah, rapid I'll fire. Bring question. that back in the yeah, future. It was like very laid back. It wasn't too crazy. It wasn't, think. yeah. Yeah. Benjamin, um, thank you so much for just taking time out of your morning to chat with us and to, yeah, just chat about life, faith, photography, business, and everything else. Um, where, if people aren't familiar with you, where can they find out more about who you are? And your photography. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my name is Benj Heish, um, B-E-N-J-H-A-I-S-C-H. And if you want to type that into just about anything, I will be on there. <laughs> so luckily, I have a unique enough name. Actually, you guys both do, too. So I would yeah. assume that people probably don't have your handles and stuff like that on different social media things. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's You're widely I'm, identifiable. Yeah, yeah, makes it easy. Love it. Awesome. I think someone has my handle on uh, on Twitter, Adonia Jaja. Okay. Yeah, Come someone has. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a parody account. Yeah, <laughs> no, someone else has. I was like, what is this? So I'm Adonia Benson on Twitter, which is oh. ridiculous. That but, is ridiculous. Oh. Twitter yeah. is also the best platform, by the way. I yeah, Twitter. Twitter's the it's best. It's the best social worst, media. but yeah, it's, Why my, are you it's my favorite. This? I love Twitter. I know uh, Benj is on Twitter, so I know, but I I love Twitter. Do you, wait, Benj, do you like Twitter? Yeah, I mean, because it's it's a like the one thing that's still sort of chronological. Um, and it's like everything all in one. Like I follow politics and I follow music and I follow sports and I follow, it's like uh, where everything kind of like all comes together. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it's the, the platform that I have the least amount of followers on. So, um, 
<laughs> you could say more okay. uncensored. Yeah. So if you really want to know what I, what I feel about things, especially politically, <laughs> you can jump on my Twitter account. That's so funny. <laughs> for better That's or for so worse. Funny. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Bench, thanks so much, man. Uh, we yeah, appreciate dude, it. You've, uh, uh, we're looking through your work, man. You're a force. It's been, uh, it's amazing, uh, to just to talk to you, but also to, to know your mind around things. Uh, it's so amazing. I love the way you see light. I love that you're teaching people uh, how to see, how to edit. Uh, and we're excited for what, what's coming down the pipeline for you too. Um, cause you're thinking about doing a podcast, uh, soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, so like many things in my life, uh, I have, multiple like seasons of a podcast completely planned out <laughs> already. I oh, wow. uh, just haven't had the time to actually do it. Same thing with like, you know, all these other endeavors I have. I feel like I need to like make Levi be my life coach because he seems to, <laughs> he seems to be the guy that can actually like make those things happen. Um, and yeah, but also thank you guys for a having me and then b creating this podcast because, uh, like I said too, like I, I, I travel a lot and I do a lot of driving. And uh, so listening to you guys on this thing, I've definitely listened to lots of your episodes. And um, yeah, it's it's right. kind of a fun way to, um, yeah, listen to stuff that like is really relevant to what I'm doing and, and all that stuff. And hearing you guys' perspectives on a lot of things has been super helpful for me too. So yeah, I appreciate you guys. Right on, yeah, right on. Well, we'd love to have you come back on at some point. Uh, this is the Black Light Podcast. This right here is Levi Tiarina. Benj, thank you so much. I'm Adonia Jaja. We'll see you guys on the flip. Mm-hmm.